You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's the phone call show where we take phone calls and answer phone calls and stuff like that. Um... It is 9.20 in the morning, but I've decided I've got 14 calls in the queue. I'll, I'll at least get started. We may have enough calls for an entire show, um, which could be problematic in terms of staying caught up. So I need to try to be more concise with my answers so we can fly through as many as possible. We'll see how this goes. But again, I'm, I'm just sitting down here like, you know, I could probably knock this out now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But anywho, why don't we get to our first caller? Caller, you are on the Hi, air. Hi, Justin. Hey. Um, catching some more information on the podcast. Uh, also, I was tuned into video okay. recently. Sounds good. Specific, being uh, Gil. But uh, Gil? hey, here's the thing what I want to point about? out. Um, you guys sound like a lot like Lions fans. Okay, okay. don't don't tune me out. Hear, hear me out for a second. I'll try. The Packers are better than the Lions basically everywhere, okay? Uh-huh. There's records to prove that. They draft better. They do everything better, okay? But the one little of area of the Packers that is like Lion-esque is your special teams, or at least it was, okay? Now you guys change basically one piece. You're the special teams coach, and this is where you start sounding like Lions fans. Oh, it's going to be different. Oh, LaFleur's learning so much, this and that. I mean, you guys sound just like Lions fans every time the Lions change like one little thing. So I just wanted to point that out, you know, you're going to – I hope it works out the way you guys want it to. I really do. I'm not saying I want it to be bad or stay bad. I'm just saying you really sound a lot like Lions fans. Every time I tune in and hear anybody Packer fan talk about special teams, you sound exactly like a Lions fan. I just wanted to point that out to you. Bye. Um, all right, that's fair. I want to point out a couple things to you now. Number one, as you pointed out, the Packers are a better football team. So, So here's how this works. When Lions fans get excited about something changing, it's funny because the Lions don't know how to change things properly. So it's safe to say that they're being stupid. The Packers do know how to change stuff. Um, That's why they win football games, right? So when we draft somebody and we get excited about it, it's because we have a track record and a reason to believe that this is going to pan out. Whereas Lions fans, they get excited about a draft prospect and we kind of laugh because it's like, oh, you poor thing. You guys suck at drafting. You shouldn't expect that. However, all that aside, I would like to point out a second thing to you. If you listen to me on uh, the um, Packers Without Borders show, my hope and dream for this special teams, and I am excited for them, my hope and dream is to be top 25. And I think that is a similar sentiment among all Packer fans. I I don't think you're hearing too many people saying anything about top five special teams, top this, top that. Um, We had... 
not just the worst special teams in football last year. We had a historically bad special teams. So yes, we're excited about this getting better because it has to get better. There's almost no chance it's not going to improve. And again, if we go from dead last to 23rd best, we're going to count that as a win. So I think there's a level of perspective here that also is being ignored. Yes, we're excited because it's going to be better, but nobody's excited from the standpoint of everything's going to be great. We're going to have an elite special teams. It's thank you because everything's pointing to the fact that we're not going to be the worst in football. So those would be the two things that I would point out on that specific thing. Next up, we got Trevor in Virginia. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Trevor in Virginia again. Um, especially after Roger's comments, you know, he was so definitive. He's not played to 45 like Brady was in the past. We've heard him say he did want to maybe play through his 45. So I'm starting more and more to think this is his final of the year no matter what. Um, and I think after this year, uh, I think it's a pretty good chance, especially, you know, I think it all hinges on Rodgers, but Rodgers is gone, Bakhtiari is gone, Kyle will be gone, and I think even uh, without some major production this year, Kenny Clark, I think, kind of clean house with Rodgers leaving next year. Uh, not that we're gutting the team or anything, but, you know, we still have, could have a solid team with those players gone. I think the savings allow us to keep Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Obviously, we wouldn't get rid of A.J. Dillon, but keep Aaron Jones, even though his contract... Um, let me know what you think about the odds of that happening at the end of this year uh, of the show. Um, it's not really necessary. You know, I, I think the what I would call a misconception is when Rodgers leaves, our team sucks, and so we need to kind of gut the team and rebuild. And, and I, I don't think that's true. I think we have a fantastic roster. So is it true that some of the old guys will get moved on from? Yes, but that Rodgers doesn't factor into that. If Rodgers plays for the next 10 years, guess what? Bakhtiari is still going to be gone in the near future. Um, I'm not positive about Kenny Clark. I think he's going to probably stick around for a while longer. I don't know. But um, I don't really think he has an impact on that, other than the fact that we're going to have a bunch more money once Rodgers leaves. I mean, that first year might be complicated in terms of, I don't don't know, probably have a big cap hit of some kind. I I don't know how all that works, but I don't really see it as we need to gut and rebuild. You know, teams like Tampa Bay need to gut and rebuild because all they have are a bunch of free agents that they paid for in cash on short-term rentals to try to win now with Tom Brady on board. So once Tom Brady leaves, yeah, we're going to gut the team. The Packers are built on young te- talent that they drafted and are currently developing. There's there's no gutting that needs to happen aside from regular roster turnover that, again, has nothing to do with Rodgers. That's my thought on that issue. Next caller, caller, you are on the uh, Packer Fun Time Hotline. Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett from Southern Illinois. Hey. Hey, uh, the only way I can express how I feel when Tom doesn't call in, mm-hmm. um, I have to call back on my roots and quote a country music song by okay. Allison Krauss sure. that sings, You say it best when you say nothing at all. That's how I feel. <laughs> Second take. Okay. I'm just wondering, with training camp wrapping up and preseason ramping up, how uh, fantasy football is going to go this year, and are you going to plan anything for the Packernet group to participate in? Anyways, have a great weekend, and go Pack Go! So, on that front, and i got to follow up with the boys here, um, there was talk of another show starting up at some point, that was going to be revolving around fantasy football, and they would be heading that up. 
Um, I don't know exactly what that means in terms of outside of this group. I think it's largely just our group. Am I planning something in fantasy football? I don't know. Um, I've done it every year, but I've also basically just ignored it every year, and and it's been kind of a, a cluster. So I probably should just, you know, I usually do it like at least for patrons or whatever. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes because, again, I, I usually don't give it the time and attention that is needed and necessary and required, so I don't know that I'll be doing that necessarily. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, every year I get less interested in fantasy football, and I'm to the point now where it's like I, I could not care any less about fantasy football, which is sad. I used to love it, but um, I'm kind of glad that I don't love it because it just it was so time-consuming and so just life and soul-sucking. It was all-consuming 24-7, constantly checking the waiver wires and everything else, and it's nice to not have to care anymore. Hey, Garrett, again, I forgot to add uh, your take on – Giving tips to different restaurants and stuff made me start thinking about uh, uh, what do you do around Christmas time for your mailman? Do you tip your mailman? Do you tip your trash guy? Do you tip your UPS guy? Because uh, I do all three. I try to go out of my way to help those guys out for the hard work they do. So just wondering uh, how generous are you, Ryan? Sure. Uh, let me ask you a question. Did you tip your mailman yesterday? Or are we just talking about Christmas? Because, again, I get what you're saying, right? Because my whole thing is, you know, you don't tip guys for working hard, and you're saying, well, yes, I do. I do it on Christmas. Okay, fine, on Christmas. Did you do it yesterday? And if not, why not? Why didn't you tip your trash man last time he took your trash? Is it because you don't just generally tip everybody that does everything for you, including manual labor? Because that would be my stance on it. And yes, I, I do tip the mailman on Christmas. It's a special occasion. He's working on a holiday to serve me. And it's, it's just a nice gesture. But no, I don't tip the mailman on a random Wednesday afternoon or morning or whenever he shows up, she shows up. I don't tip the garbage man on, you know, random Mondays when they come swinging by. And I don't tip uh, the lady who stands there serving me cheesecake. Although, funny story, uh, my wife just told me yesterday, I, I gave that analogy about the, the, there's a cheesecake factory over in Westtown in, in Madison, and it, just, it just, just occurred to me that rarely once in a while I'll go in there and pick up a cheesecake as like a special thing for my wife, because that's her favorite thing ever, is cheesecake, and I go pick it up, and I don't tip them, because they literally just have to like scoop a piece, put it in a bag, and hand it to me. Why would I tip them? Well, my, my wife heard me say that as she literally just tipped the people... <laughs> who scooped a piece of cheesecake for her. So I, I don't know, man. I, 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 don't, I don't understand this. So get back to me, Garrett. Let me know if you tipped your mailman uh, or your garbage man this past week. And again, if not, tell me why not, because it seems like that would be the right thing to do, because they work hard and everything. Not talking about holidays. I'm just talking about helping people out that work hard. By the way, I have been missing out on a lot of tips, because I have had a lot of manual labor jobs and just have been missing out, apparently. Apparently, everybody gets tips for for working hard. I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought, I thought you got a, a paycheck and that's what you got paid to do to work hard. But apparently you should get tips for working hard. I'm owed a lot of money. Next up, Justin. Here I, I, uh, called in only one time yesterday mm-hmm. and, uh, I had a pretty crappy day. I'm sorry. Not saying it's because of that, but, uh, I thought I'd call in a couple more times, you know, just to rule it out, make sure it's not that Anyway, my thought was, uh, I've heard you talk highly of Brett Favre, possibly one of your favorite players, um, which got me thinking, um, what could a Packer player do to make you just, like, 
oust them. Like you're no longer going to view them highly. Because if it's not Brett Favre playing for the Vikings, I mean, I'm not sure what more a former Packer could do. I mean, maybe go to the Bears. Uh, I'm just not sure. And maybe whatever Brett Favre did for the Packers was, you know, so much, so good that there was nothing he could do that was bad. That would take him down off of the, you know, Packer fan pedestal. So, anyway, tell me what a Packer, a former Packer could do to get removed off of a Packer fan pedestal. Thanks. Well, I think you, you nailed it when you said it's, it's what he did. Uh, in a positive sense. What I've always said about Brett Favre is there's nobody who brought me more joy as a Packer fan, nobody that did more for my Packer fandom, that did more for my childhood than Brett Favre. And to just discredit all of that, all those years of pure joy through the entire, through the 90s, the Super Bowl, all the fun that that he brought to me and and to just throw that in the garbage because he went and played for the Vikings for a couple of years after the Packers refused to bring him back when he said he wanted to play again, um, going and getting another job. I, I mean, I, I was mad about it. I didn't like him, but I, I, again, I can't ignore what he did in a positive sense. That is the reality that that can't be erased. And, and nobody has done more for my Packers fandom than Brett Favre and nobody ever will. So that's just a reality that exists that that cannot be undone. I can dislike other things he did later, but what he did, it's it's there. It's it's enshrined in history forever. It's enshrined in my memory forever. Um, can't go back and change it. Caller number seventeen, you're on the line. Hey Ryan, this is Andy from Kansas. Going on. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, that guy Tom is still calling <laughs> a in. A lot or of not. concern about Tom. The last couple of days, but. Did he remind you of that guy, Kevin Dorfman from Monk, his neighbor <laughs> that always came down and just chatted away? Anyway. Kudos to you for remembering his name. I, I would not have remembered his name. But, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about, that super high energy. Um, Speaking of TV, TV sorry, and movies. I, pushing the wrong button. I'll move on. Continue, please. Uh, TV shows are not super new, several years old, but... I was like Psych, which is uh, about a guy and his uh, best friend. Uh, they open a psychic detective agency, not because he's psychic, but because he's hyper-observant. Um, and so they solve all sorts of different crimes. Listen, I, uh, I'm going to pause it there. I remember when I used to watch Monk all the time, Psych was always like advertised. So it was almost like one and two. Those two were always next to each other. And it's weird because I, the way that me and my my roommate would always think about those two shows is psych looks awesome, but it's not as good to watch. Monk always looks awful. Like when you watch the previews and the music, it just something about it just seems like ugh, it's going to be such a stupid show, but it's so enjoyable to watch. So I, I might give psych another shot because I love the concept of it. It's very, it's very much like monk where you got a guy that's got like a mind that is just so superhuman seeming. Um, and he convinces people that essentially he is a psychic, but really he's just, it, it's a very cool concept. So I think I'll give it another shot and see if I like it. To Monk. Uh, I also like Detectorists, which is a great uh, show about introverted guys who are part of a metal detecting club. It's a British show. Um, that one is only half hour episodes and only three seasons. So it's pretty easy to get through. Right. Very dry British humor. It's excellent. Uh, movies just, no, uh, just recently watched 
the Wendell Baker story with uh, Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson, and they both uh, co-wrote that. Or, yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good movie. Um, I'm just looking forward to the preseason games and get things going. Anyway, see ya. Bye. You say the Baker story? I never heard of that. I'll have to, I'll have to look into it. But yeah, I'll, I'll give Psych another shot. Um, I'm trying to think what I'm watching right now. I so I I, I decided to finish up uh, Peaky Blinders, and I finally got caught up on that. I'm assuming it's not over. Um, I'm guessing they have more seasons coming out, but I'm I'm caught up on Peaky Blinders, and so I I've also finished um, the Terminal List, which was Jacob's recommendation. I enjoyed that finished that hated the ending i mean it, it's a very good ending as far as like being a twist that you didn't see coming but it's also an ending where it's like come on man that's a great twist but don't do that it was it was a good show for sure but it just it it doesn't have a feel good ending that's that's for sure and I, I think there's probably probably more seasons coming i guess i don't know but it would make sense i mean there's still stuff hanging out there to to figure out i don't know so um i am ashamed to report that me and my wife have been watching um married at first sight complete trash TV stuff that I, I would not have thought I was interested in, but for whatever reason, I, I think the reason I'm interested in it is because it's, it's essentially strangers that, you know, these experts match you with somebody. And the, the point is the first time you meet them is at the altar and you get married, right? Again, garbage TV, probably shouldn't be watching it. But the reason it's enjoyable is because I've been married long enough and me and my wife have kind of, you look at these guys and it's like, you guys are idiots. The stuff you're saying to each other, but then you kind of remember how it was when we first got married. And so the whole time, like these these guys will say stuff and I'm like, let it go. You got to let it go, dude. You got it. Don't. Oh, why did you say that? But at the same time, I get it because it's like I'm that 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 there's still that part of my brain in there. That's like, I understand you. You she said something and you don't want to let it go because it's inaccurate. But you got to let it go because it's it's completely irrelevant to the conversation and you just got to stop and just got to shrug it off and laugh and be like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so anyways, the, the larger point I was talking about here is, is, is this and that, you know, whatever. So it's just it's it's uh, it's a whole lot of that. And it's I, I am ashamed to say that I'm I'm um, I'm enjoying it, but I don't have like a me show, you know, and I got to I got to get a new me show. So I'll, I'll try psych. We'll see how that goes. But keep the recommendations. I know you guys will give me a bunch of others. Um, the Americans, I keep seeing it. And for some reason I can't get myself to do it. I, I just got to pull the trigger and click on it and see if it's any good. But I know that was recommended a bunch of times and I just have not been able to do it. But if you got any more, hit me up. Justin's got a bunch more questions. We'll get to those. Hey Ryan, Justin again. Hey, hey your response about your daughters and the whole dating thing. Yeah. Really led me to believe that you probably don't have teenagers yet. I do. So, uh, I mean, the locking them in the basement thing does work until they kind of get older, and then it doesn't work anymore. Here's the interesting thing. Um, it's not that I have a hard time locking her in the basement. I have a hard time getting her out of the basement. It's, you know, get up, get up, get out of here. You need to come upstairs. You need to come upstairs. You need to eat breakfast. All right, scrap that. It's lunchtime. Please come upstairs. You got school to do. You got the da 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 That's the – locking her in the basement is is her own choice, so – so anyway, that's where I'm at. I got a couple teenagers, and it sucks. But yes, I, I will... I'm not going to say it sucks. That's that's not super fair, but it is it is challenging. Um, and in very different ways. Like, young kids are challenging for different ra- ways. You know, it's cool that she's much more capable and willing and all these things. But um, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's a challenge. Justin's got more questions. Ryan. Hey. Hey. I was very pleased um, 
in After Dark yesterday All right. to discover, well, actually, you mentioned Tom Austin as the other host on the show, and that's a direct, I'm pretty sure you can direct quote that. So I'm glad you finally came to terms with Tom Austin's co-hostness or host, whatever. I did, but just as I granted him co-host status, he's he's ghosted us. Um, he, I do see he made one call, but he's it looks like he's just doing one a day. So he may he may have to lose that title, and and you're probably going to pick that up with you know getting four calls in a day. So so Justin will be the new, I think the new co-host. But anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Don't call it. And um, the day that Tom Austin did not call was a dreadful day. I yes. hope Tom never does that again. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, great, great segue. Tom is up next. Tom, please save this show. Oh, my God, Ryan. <laughs> oh, this is Thomas Austin <laughs> of uh, Popular. <laughs> oh, after, after Dark Packernet. Okay, anyway. It's close. Oh, I broke free. I was invited to a a thing for yeah. cheeseheads, but it turned out that they were turning Packer fans' heads into fondue. Oh no! It was terrible. Oh my goodness! So that leads me to my first question. <laughs> uh, As it would. Oh, uh, do you enjoy the name Cheesehead as a nickname? Yeah. I'm getting mixed feelings about it from time to time. Okay. Uh, catch your question. breath. Oh, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll pause there. I'll I'll let you catch your breath. Um. I appreciate that. Did you call the police yet? Or do you call me first? You'll call them after. I don't know. Um, I, I appreciate it's like the guy that called me 20 minutes before a job interview. It's just like, you can call me when it's done if you want. That's, that's fine. Um, Tom, if, if, you know, get yourself to safety. Tom is in a horror movie right now, hiding, in, <laughs> hiding in a closet. There's a guy with a chainsaw going through the house and he's in the closet. My first question is, <laughs> gotta be quiet, man. He's going to find you. Um, I like cheeseheads. It, it's it's one of those things where, you know, s- some of the more prominent nicknames that are out there, they started as as derogatory terms like um, um, Puritans. Puritans was like a meant to be like a a knock on them, and they just kind of embraced it. Like, yeah, that's that's legit. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's what we are. And I feel like it's one of those things where everybody else that hates us loves the term cheesehead because it's like, yeah, that's what they are. They're they're these cheese cheese eating cheesehead. And every negative thing you can say about Packer fans is Packer fans just embrace it. Like, yeah, dude, for sure. And I like that aspect of it. It's not meant to be hoity toity. You know, again, that's the funny thing about Chicago and Chicago Bears fans. They're all excited about like we're this big city and we're so fancy and all that, which is ridiculous. Chicago is a garbage heap. But they think that, you know, you know, we got money, we've got the big city, we got the skyline, the skyscrapers, and you guys are just some cheese curd eating, farm tractor driving. I'm just sitting there listening to them describe stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. Right? It's freaking sweet. That's why I moved here, actually. Cheese curds and things of that nature not traffic and whatnot. I know, it sucks so bad. Like space and freedom and, you know, air that you can breathe and not this crowded, crappy, expensive, garbage, crime-ridden hellhole. Yeah, it's, I hate it out here. So yeah, I, uh, I dig, I dig cheeseheads for sure. Say you throw a party. Okay. Football. I know the whole introverted thing. Right. And all that. So let's just say, you know, if you your wife, and maybe your kids. Okay. All right. What What are the best game day snacks and activities that you enjoy? All right. And lastly. So you're worrying me with the activities thing. You're, you're talking game day? 
why no activities, dude? I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I get that some people might have like we're gonna have a party and we're gonna have like uh, you know the the bag toss game out back. I know there's people who love that game. They're like, it's called whatever. I don't care. The game is stupid. Like, just calm down. I'm sorry. If if, if it's game time, I the activity is we're gonna watch football. That that will be the activity. Um, game day snacks though, dude. I I, I love chips and dip. The uh, I haven't had it in a long time, but a friend of mine back in the day introduced me to this buffalo chicken dip, which is actually pretty popular now, but that is super good. I think the best dip in the world that um, my family used to make when I was younger, and then apparently they all forgot about it, and I rediscovered it. I don't know how, but I was just like, I, I bet it's like this. But it's the easiest thing in the history of the universe to make, and I'm, I'm almost tempted to not tell you because it's like, it's my thing even though it's not, but it's, like, I I scoured the internet. Like, somebody has to have made, you look at chip dips, and it's like, there's the same four every time. It's like, no, it's it's different. And even my family, I talk to them, and they're like, oh, you mean like this? It's like the Velveeta cheese. I'm like, no, dang it. I'm telling you. You take a block of cream cheese, put it in a container, and here's, here's what I, if you got a smoker, use your smoker. Crank it up to 350, whatever. All you're doing is melting it, heating it up, whatever. It doesn't matter. But take a block of cream cheese, put it in one of those aluminum pan things. Then you take a can of Hormel chili, just the meat, no beans, Hormel chili. You dump it over the top. That's it. Hormel chili, Philadelphia cream cheese. Heat it up. If you can heat it up in a smoker and get some good smoke on it, oh my goodness. Even if you can't, it doesn't matter. Put it in the oven. Put it in the microwave if you want. Just don't use the metal pan because it will start fires and things. I'm telling you, it is it is the best dip in the known universe. I mean, if you're all into like, I love, I want like a veggie thing, like I want like onion and pepper, fine, go, go do whatever. But it is just the most creamy, delicious, cheesy, meaty. Ugh, I just, I'm, I need to go make it now. But yeah, that, that, that's super solid. Just, just snack food. And then it's just a good compliment to whatever else you got going on. If you got like burgers or barbecue chicken, which is underrated, by the way, as long as you can nail the chicken or whatever, it's just nice to have that, that chips and stuff just set up right there. I'm, I'm also not opposed to the, the, the cheese crackers and sausage spread. That's good, but just chips and salsa, chips and dip. It's good stuff. Anyways, sorry, continue. Oh, this is the big one. Oh, boy. Oh. Why are Vikings fans and uh, Vikings media so just awful? In general. Okay. Uh, whew, all right. I'll, I'll try to call back tomorrow. All right. Oh, bye. All right. Take it easy, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I that was yesterday at uh, 438. So hopefully we get another Tom call before I finish. Again, it's still early. It's it's 950 here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure you're responding to, uh, and there's been several instances of issues with Vikings fans and media, but it's the fact that they said goodbye to Anthony Barr and they included the clip of him tackling Rodgers on a play where Rodgers got hurt. And I think the worst part about that is I'm pretty sure the Vikings did it and then deleted it right away, but the biggest issue is Vikings fans coming and defending it right away. It was a clean hit. Rodgers just fell weird. What's the big deal? You guys are acting like a bunch of Nancys or whatever. First of all, if we're just talking about the tackle, there's nothing special about that tackle. There's nothing special about that hit whatsoever other than the fact that Rodgers broke his collarbone on that play. Why would that be a highlight other than the fact that it hurt Aaron Rodgers? And even if it was some kind of a special play, which it wasn't, because if I'm not mistaken, Rodgers got the ball out of his hand, so it wasn't even a sack. It was, it was nothing. The fact that he ended up getting hurt on that play, 
there's just sort of a general level of decorum where you would just say, um, yeah, it was a it was a clean tackle and all, but let's not highlight, hey, this is this is the 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 play that hurt Rodgers. And beyond that, you're you're acting completely ignorant to pretend that there aren't Vikings fans all over the place who love throwing that image around because they are proud of the fact the fact that that hurt that hurt Rodgers on that play. That is the only highlight of that play. So to be like, well, it wasn't a dirty hit. That's not the point. Nobody's saying it was a dirty hit, although some people had said that at the time. He drove him into the ground or whatever, but that's still not the point. The only reason to highlight that play is because it's the one that hurt Rodgers. That's it. And you're choosing to highlight it over and over. Packer fans aren't playing that. Why do I keep seeing that over and over and over and over and over again? You think Packer fans keep bringing that up? It's you guys that keep bringing it up. And then Vikings.com does it. They they and, and to be honest, it's probably just somebody on social media just trying to find any old clip. And so they found... Anthony Barr tackling Rodgers, like, oh, this is a good one, not realizing the context of it. Somebody got a hold of him, like, dude, you got to take that down. That's that's not the image we want to portray, which is the right thing to do. I think, I, again, that's my understanding they took it down. I don't know. I, I, I'm i kind of just coming in late to this whole fight. Is And having not seen it, I'm just hearing people argue about that fact. But seeing Vikings fans come to the defense, like, oh, what's the big deal? Quit crying. It was just a tackle, and he fell wrong. Like, why you got to cry about it? I'm not crying about the fact that he got hurt. I'm crying about the fact that you guys will not stop celebrating it. And you're doing it again. And and you again, you can't say we're not celebrating his injury because it was not that good of a play. It didn't do anything. You know, when you put together an Aaron Rodgers highlight reel, you know what you're going to see on an Aaron Rodgers highlight reel? Touchdowns. You're going to see a lot of touchdowns. You're going to see, you know, Hail Mary throws. You're going to see that throw to Jared Cook you know, where he basically threw it three yards out of bounds and Jared Cook caught it with his toe, literally his the, his tippy toes inbound. Those are the kinds of plays you're going to see. Now imagine this, Vikings fans, for a second. Imagine if mixed in all these elite plays is a throwaway. And you're thinking, why do you keep showing that throwaway? Well, imagine on that play, there was kind of a freak incident where Daniil Hunter was chasing Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers threw the ball away. And in the process of that, Daniil Hunter came down wrong and busted his knee and was out for the season. And we put that in the highlight reel, and Vikings fans got mad because Daniil Hunter got hurt on that play. And our reaction to that is, so what? What's the big... Rodgers didn't do anything wrong. Why are you acting like we did something wrong? You keep crying about it. So what? Your guy got hurt. It's not a big deal. What did Rodgers do? He didn't do anything. It wasn't a dirty play. Stop acting like it was a dirty play. That's not the point. That is not the point. You're choosing to highlight an injury, and that's it. You're not highlighting Barr. You're highlighting the fact that Rogers, that Barr busted Rogers' collarbone. So it's it's stupid and pathetic and ridiculous. And they're they're trying to defend it. And and I understand for some Vikings fans who are not on that side, they're not pumping out that image constantly. You get kind of tired of it about the whining and complaining about the play. But again, not mad about the play. Mad about Vikings fans that want to keep throwing it in their face and going, ha ha, greatest day. And, and, and you guys pretending like there aren't Vikings fans saying this is the greatest play ever. This is the greatest moment of my life and all that kind of nonsense. You're deluded because that is happening. So deal with your own people. Deal with the fact that you guys keep throwing that image out there and making yourselves look like garbage. Clean your own house. Stop worrying about us. Deal with your own garbage fans. Anyways, half hour in, might as well take a break, right, Shia? Please remember to head over to pristineauction.com. You're going to have an opportunity if you use promo code ROGERS when you register to get a signed Quay Walker jersey. Again, not a lot of people have signed up, so your odds of winning, let's just call it roughly 1 in 10. So um, the drawing for that is not until the end of the month, so there is uh, plenty of time to sign up, but um, 
I don't know exactly how long our promo code is going to last because I think our uh, deal with them is just for one week. So because I don't fully understand that, make sure today you get that taken care of. If you want to sign Quay Walker jersey, that's entirely up to you. But that's pristineauction.com, promo code Rogers. You're going to get $10, down, $10 off the uh, first item you win as well as be entered into that competition. So go check that out. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Ryan. This is Wayne from Illinois, a long-time listener. Hey. I want to begin by telling you how much I enjoyed it when you try to explain the facts of life, the football edition, to clueless Bear fans. (laughs) They have no clue as to how dumb they sound when they brag about their team, <laughs> not to mention how disgusting it is when they're hollering bear down. Sounds like they're constipated <laughs> and they're struggling to get a turd out or something like that. <laughs> a couple of days ago, you asked about... He's not wrong. Uh, someone asked you about your football favorite movies. Yeah. And you said you, you didn't really care for most of them. You'll probably be inundated with callers trying to make their recommendations, but I have a couple of them that are worth considering. All right. Twelve Mighty Orphans. It's a Hollywoodized narrative of a Texas school for orphans. They had some pretty formidable teams in the 30s. Their coach was Rusty 
uh, Rusty uh, Russell, and he's credited for developing the spread offense. So, interestingly enough, uh, Luke Wilson is in that movie, so that's the second time he's been recommended. This is uh, Luke Wilson's day. But yeah, 12 Mighty Orphans. Looks like it's on Hulu, so I could probably check it out on there. Roku, Sling TV, a couple other places. So I will check that out. I will do that. The other movies, The Express, about Ernie Davis. He was a running back at Syracuse in the early 60s. He might be the best college running back that most people have never heard of. My question is about the technology aspect of your show. On frequent basis, the end of your program just gets cut off. You know, other times there's glitches in it and it randomly loops back and replays the last two or three minutes again. So my question is, is that an issue with your upload, with the vendors? This is the first I'm hearing of it, so I have no idea. That you work with, the podcatcher I use, or is it just me? I will say, if you're if you're specifically referring to um, just yesterday's Packer Night After Dark, that was kind of weird, and um, the way that that all went down because there was an issue with the file. So that's entirely possible. Um, although you called in before that episode ever went live, so that's not the case. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I haven't heard a single note about it, so I don't know. In closing, I wanted to mention that I've listened to you for a while. I've been a Patreon supporter for almost that whole time, and I urge our other listeners to take the plunge and join. It's just a buck a month. Ryan has worked hard to develop content for all of us, and I appreciate it. I joined a, a few years ago just to get a, a copy of your draft big board, and you've done so much more since then. Thank you. Good night. Appreciate that, Wayne. That's uh, that's very nice of you. And yeah, I I know occasionally there's issues. Um, as far as shows kind of getting cut off at the end, um, it it could be possible that I'm forgetting to put the outro music in. There have been times, I mean, maybe you're just going way back in time, you know, once or twice or whatever this is happening. Um, there have been instances where, for example, if I'm still exporting the file and then I upload it at the same time before it's done exporting, it'll it'll upload it only as much as it has. So it'll, it'll end up causing a problem. Usually somebody will tell me about it and then I'll go back in and put the full file up there and, and be able to fix that. So, and, and you might not know that. So you listen to it, it got cut off, and you're like, what the heck is that? That's garbage. Not realizing that if you go back and check it again a couple minutes or an hour later that it's fixed. Um, but I don't know. And as far as looping back and playing the last three, I've never heard that before in my life. So um, nobody's brought that to my attention, so I haven't been able to find it and figure out what's going on. So if you see that, tell me about it, and I'll try to go find it and figure out what the heck happened there. Now that you got my number, you can, uh, you can just shoot me a text or something. Just be like, what the heck, man? And yes, you, I probably shouldn't have even told you that. You can text this phone number. Um, not saying I'm checking it a ton, and I'm not, you know, probably going to be doing a whole lot of back and forth with everybody that just wants to have a, a little chatty session, but I'll check it once in a while if, you, if there's some issues going on or whatever. Uh, next caller is my wife, so uh, let's see what chores I got I got, got, got uh, going on here. Hi, Ryan. It's your wife. Hi. I was wondering if you could do my favorite accent. Huh. I think it's um, Irish, Riley Grace, be quiet, stop training. You know, we have a couple of kids here. Um, yeah, I think it's Irish, 
and I just want to hear you do your accent. All right, thanks. Bye. I believe it's Scottish that you like, and I will probably go ahead and respectfully decline. Um, <laughs> that's that that can be a private matter. Uh, maybe I'll I'll head upstairs and and do it or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I. My uh, my youngest daughter, it's funny, she'll she'll do stuff, and when you ask her to do it, she will not do it. She refuses if she's asked to do it. She'll do it a million times in a row. Like, if, if she'll say something, then you say it, she'll say it back, you say it, she'll say it back, and it's just this thing. But as soon as it's like you get the camera out, and you're like, okay, say that thing again, she just look you dead in the face and just will refuse to do it. She gets that from me. If you ask me to do it, I'm not going to do it. I just, I, I can't do it. Um you might get some impromptu whatever, um, but I, I just, um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It it may come out naturally one of these times, but no, I can't. But it is Scottish is is the one that uh, that I believe you like. All right, buckle up. Jacob's back, and I'm sure he's going to yell at me for tipping and whatnot. I've been getting bludgeoned with this whole tip tipping thing, but again, I just I'm just giving it to you straight, man. This is just how I how I see I and again it's just it's the logic of it all. I don't get if you can explain it to me in a way that makes sense, fine. So far the best attempt has been, you know, I work hard, number one, and then number two, do you tip on Christmas? But again, we're not we're not we're not getting there. Jacob. <laughs> hey Jacob, what's up man? Why? Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Anyway, you're dead. <laughs> over. It's over. This is the second time I've had people call in and cry now, so... um Things have things have gone terribly awry. I've I've lost Thomas Austin, um, which actually sounds like he wanted to come back, but he is currently being uh, murdered in a closet, I believe. Uh, and Jacob has formally cut ties with me because of my ingratitude. Um, so I'm I'm failing as a human being, and I apologize to all of you for that. With that said, let's just go ahead and move on to the next caller. What's happening, Packers and Ed Nation? I just wanted to hey, say, no one's really talking about how when Brett Favre lost Sterling Sharp, yep. that he became a better quarterback. Now Aaron has lost Devontae. What are we about to see? Just saying. R-E-L-A-X. So I looked at the wide receivers, but you're, you're right. I don't think I did look at, at Brett Favre necessarily. Um, that would be worth looking into. Um, again, I, I, I did look a little bit into quarterbacks. I don't know if I specifically looked at Brett Favre after that, but the biggest thing I've noticed, even if guys don't get better is they might, you know, if you throw for like 4,500 yards, the next year might be like 4,250, you know, it's a negligible difference. Um, so, I a hundred percent. I'm relaxed. I, um, I'm, I mean, I'm concerned to not have a Devante, and it's obviously an asset. You always want to have great football players, but I, to your point, I don't think there's a big precedent for the idea that your offense is going to fall apart when you lose a, a, a stud wide receiver. And I think there's a a lot of precedent 
to say that it's in certain spots, guys get better. You know, Matt Stafford is the premier example. He had maybe the best wide receiver in NFL history on his team. When he left, he was like the only real key piece of that entire freaking team. And so the assumption is they're just going to fall apart. And Matt Stafford got better. Arguably, the whole offense got better. And that's not a knock against Megatron. It's simply the reality that when somebody's so good and you get so obsessed with one guy, it can be a problem. And so I'm not going to sit here and say I expect the Packers to be better or to, to, to have better success through the air. It's possible. I don't know. But I am saying let's just not get all doom and gloom simply because I don't think there's a whole lot of precedent for the, the media narrative right now that everything's going to fall apart when we lost Devontae. It might be a disaster. I don't know. But it's it's not a logical and rational thought based on historical precedent. It's just not. Anyways, Justin's back for call four of the day. New official co-host, Justin, of uh, of of Michigan fame. Hey, Ryan. I was listening to all your calls on yesterday's show. Um, and, um, on the tip thing, oh, here we uh, go. Jeez, my son works at Deer's thing, and they have a tip jar set out right on the drive through side and, and at the counter, like yeah. if you just walk in hundred percent. and I challenged my son on that cause I did not understand why there was a tip jar out cause I fully agree with you as far as how tipping should go. Also, I um, guide public trail rides on horses. That's cool. And I don't have a tip jar set out, but yet I do receive quite a bit of tips. And I've always thought that was a little odd, too. You know, I never expect to be tipped right. because people are paying already to come ride. And I'm like a regular employee. It's not like I'm a, in the food service where you get... There, there are like weird customs like that. And and maybe Jacob's thing is one of those weird customs that doesn't fit the criteria, but it's just something that you do. Because I actually did have one job where I got tipped quite a bit. And that was when I worked at Sam's Club. And I pushed carts. But one of the other things you do is you help people load their groceries. And um, that would be an instance, I wasn't allowed to take tips, but they would try to tip me and I'd have to say no. And occasionally they get super aggressive and like force it in your pocket. And it's like, all right, fine. But if, if I get fired over this, I'm going to be not super happy. Um, but that, that was an instance too, where it, but, but at the same time, it does kind of fit the criteria. You know, it, it's not like I'm, I'm getting paid three fifty an hour, but I am like directly serving you in, in going out of my way and doing, going above and beyond. Cause generally speaking, you load your own groceries. So if you're asking the person to do it for you, it kind of makes sense, but there are sort of those other things where as you're describing that, I could see that, like, I don't know if I would have thought of it. If I like went on a trail, I've done a trailer. I never thought to tip the person that took us on a trail ride, but I could also understand where if somebody was like, we should tip them being like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't, cause I don't know all of the customs, but I'm just saying, all I'm asking is for someone to explain the criteria to me. That's it. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Like, you know, crap hourly wage. So anyway, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm confused about that. I mean, more power to them. Go ahead. Keep tipping if you want. Yeah, but for sure. It's <laughs> just always gobsmacked smacked me a little bit that people would pay to pay, to ride plus tip. So right. anyway, that's my thoughts on tips. Um, hopefully you can make it through all your calls on this one. Not too soon. Yeah. Again, I just, um, I don't know. Give me a layout of when you should tip somebody. 
because I'm not seeing a consistent criteria. I get a lot of people that are angry, like, you should do that. I'm like, okay, again, do you tip your garbage man? If not, why not? I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about, you know, July 19th. Did you tip him? Do you tip a taxi cab driver? You already got to pay the guy. Do you tip him on top of it? Why not? If you're going to tip a guy that gives you a trail ride, why not tip a guy that gives you a car ride? If they're like, hey, that's that's 50 bucks, you'd be like, here's 50 and here's here's another five. Maybe you do. I don't know. I I don't know. You probably do. I've, I've, I've taken a taxi once in my life. I didn't tip. Maybe I was supposed to. I don't know. I don't understand that, though. You're telling me it's 50 bucks for the car ride. If you want 55, just call it 55. And I'm not opposed to anybody choosing to tip. I'm I'm just saying if we're talking about obligation. In other words, this is a situation where you're supposed to. What are the rules behind it? I get the waitress thing. I mean, I, I kind of don't get it. I, I sort of wish the restaurant would just pay them more money and then we could just call it what it is. But it's fine. It is what it is. This is just the custom and this is how we do things. That's fine. And it's nice that it gives you an opportunity to be like generous, you know? The standard is like, what, 20%? Some some do 15 whatever. But if you pull out like 25 30%, you're big time balling, man. Like, yeah, I'm going to hook you up on your like $15 meal. Like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> I don't have $15 meals anymore, man. I got a family of six. But from now on, here's the thing. You want to call in and talk about the tip? That's fine. Give me the criteria. Don't try to catch me on the silliness. Lay it out for me. In these situations, you should tip somebody. In these situations, you don't have to tip somebody. If you can lay it out to me in such a way that Jacob should get a tip, then then I will concede the point and I, I will. we can move on. If not, I don't want to hear about tipping anymore. Actually, you can call in about whatever you want. Uh, Trevor in Virginia, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, Trevor in Virginia again. Uh, I'm just calling, uh, I guess, trying to support Tom and his... Yes. You know, I get the tipping thing, oh but Lord. Oh I have ordered Lord. many catering orders that are pickup, <laughs> and they do expect 20% gratuity. A lot of them actually require 20% it. 20% for a pickup? It's already built in, so say you order a $4,000 catering order, everything's ready, and you pick it up. Uh, that 20% we built on top. And- 20% on top of four grand? I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll make my own freaking food. Holy cow, it ain't that hard to make a, holy gee balonies, 20, I was, oh my goodness, 20% on top of four grand, jeez. And you're right, it'll be like an extra thousand dollars, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that is kind of the expectation and how it goes, uh, so I just thought I'd give my input too from my experience, uh, but yeah. See, I, I may, I'm in the wrong business. That's that's what it is. I got to get into this catering stuff because I'm just trying to think this through. How how long? And this would be a question, I guess, for Jacob. How long does it take you to put together an order, like a four thousand dollar order? Is it like a day? I'm guessing because otherwise the food's getting old. And the four grand is going to the owners. I'm assuming. Um, and then there's a thousand dollar tip on top of that for for how many people? How many people are splitting this $1,000 tip? Is it like 10 people? So for one order, and I'm assuming you do more than one order in a day, you're splitting $100 in tips on top of your wage, on top of all the other tips that come in. And your job is to make food on an eight-hour shift like everybody else's job is. I mean, hey, more power to you, man. That sounds awesome. And and that sounds like you're in a in a solid industry if 
people come in leaving you $100 tips. I mean, it's $1,000 tips, but by the time you get your cut, it's, I don't know, maybe there's 40 people that work there. I don't know, but that is just, I mean, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I've never, uh, I've never done it. I know we did catering at our wedding. I guarantee you it was nowhere near four grand. Nowhere near. I don't, I don't even, pff, our whole freaking wedding was probably not four grand. My wife would know. I don't know. I'll, my job was to just sit there and go, we don't need that. That's too expensive. That's crazy. I'm not, we're not doing that. I don't know. I, I know some of that stuff is, is exp- I, I just can't imagine, especially if you're not expecting it. If, if, if I got this big order and, and, and I'm putting all this food together and I got this big party and they're like, that'll be four grand. It's like, geez, all right, four grand sounds good. And then you go pick it up and it says $5,000. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And they're like, oh, there's a 20% gratuity on top of it. Like, excuse me, what are you talking about? Says who? You said it was four grand. And I walk in, you're going to charge me $5,000? You are out of your freaking mind. You guys are going to be eating good tonight because I'm not taking that food. It's one thing to, to, to slap a 20% gratuity onto a restaurant because, you know, it's like, well, all right. It's, it's, it's a decent chunk on a, on a $70 thing, but you, you kind of expect it. But it's still, you know, 20% of 70 bucks, you, you'll, you'll survive. 20% of, you know, $4,000, $5,000 order? I don't know, man. That's just, that's just a whole other world for me. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And I, I guess just stay away from catering, I guess, for me, that's, which is fine. That's wild. Do you, are you, do you tip? I, I guess you probably would tip a photographer, wouldn't you? Like a wedding photographer. Because I'm just thinking of like other things that are insanely expensive. I keep hearing about photographers that, which we, we ended up going with a really cheap photographer. And you could tell she was cheap because she brought two of her friends and she brought a guy along that she was like making out with in the back room while, when we, when, during our wedding. Like I, I remember walking through the church and she's making out with some dude in the corner. Like, okay, well... At least we're saving money. So on one hand, it was annoying. On the other hand, it was like, all right, we, we did find the cheapest photographer in the state of Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Thrifty wife, way to go. <laughs> but I know that generally speaking, photographers charge way too much money, way too much. And I can't imagine being like, I want some nice photos. They're like, okay, that'll be $500 for like an hour. Like, well, that's stupid and I'm do- not doing that. But then then you go through with it and then they're sitting there like with their hand out like, um, you know, usually you tip me. Like, <laughs> I did. I gave you $500 to spend an hour. Well, I have to edit them. If it takes you a week, you're fairly compensated, okay? It's $500. You snapped a couple pictures. And my teenage daughter literally does a better job than you, okay? Some of this stuff is just insane to me. I, I don't, I mean, it, again, these are great industries to be in if you can if you can do it, I guess. But I just I don't I don't get it. And it's easy for me to just stay away from it because the value to me compared to the expense, you know, like hey, uh, you know, because we made this so convenient where you had to drive in and pick it up yourself, we want twenty percent on top of it. <laughs> no, that's okay. How much does it cost if I come back there and cook it myself? Can we do that? Was it two grand and I don't have to tip? Because I well, well let's just do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I really, really don't want to talk about tipping anymore, but you guys are obsessed with the topic. So I guess this is what the show is about now. But again, that's my challenge to do to you. If you want to call in, give me the criteria. These are the instances. And I'm not saying list them. I'm saying, give me a, you know, when a person provides a service, that, 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 then you will tip. If these things don't happen, then you don't tip. Give me that criteria. Let me know. We're supposed to be done, but I'm not, I refuse to end on a tipping question. I will not. So I will wait. 
as long as it takes for another call to come in so we don't have to end on tipping. <laughs> I'm taking a break. It's 1030. I'll come back and finish this later. All right, update. I, um, it's much later, 530 in the afternoon. The sickness that I had has gotten significantly worse. I took a nap, woke up, and I feel like I'm going to die. So this was a horrible idea, and I do <laughs> I should have just finished it when I had the chance, but I said we were going to do another one. So let's do another one. Um, it's also good because we got Trevor, Omar, Trevor, Omar coming in. So rather than that, tomorrow we'll just have Omar, Trevor, Omar. Uh, let's see what Trevor's got to say. Trevor, give me that one more sweet, sweet non-tipping question. Hey, Ryan. Trevor from Virginia. Um, oh, my. I heard you say from the preseason game last night that the overall team grades were 68 and 52. Um, still with PFF, I've never really heard the overall team grades on your show. If you did, I apologize and I missed it. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, looking at like last year, what are typical overall team grades? I mean, I'm assuming uh, the highest ones aren't as high as player grades because you have so many lower graded players dragging them down. But I'm kind of curious about overall team grades on PFF, like what they are and maybe where the Packers are uh, from last year. So uh, let me know. Yeah, that's a good question. I actually don't use that very often. Um, maybe I should, I guess. Um, like you said, it is it is different than player grades, at least a little bit, because, um, well, like for what you said. But yeah, I think I, I mostly kind of use it to reference, you know, different things like pass rush or whatever. Um, but the overall PFF grades for the season... Um, the highest was the LA Rams at a 93.2 overall. That was what they viewed. And, and and I think that's the other thing is to try to rightly understand what it is. What does this actually mean? Because it's not as though they have some kind of a metric to um, gauge the quality of a team. They're aggregating all the, the grades of the team, right? So I, I suppose... Ultimately, it comes down to the quality of the team, kind of. But it really is just sort of an analysis of the roster, not so much an analysis of the quality put on the field, although it kind of is because that's how the players get their grades. I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird. But but again, you can get there multiple different ways, having less bad and more good or whatever. I don't know. But um, Rams ninety three point two, and then the lowest is the Texans at a fifty five point six. So so it is more high than low. Like, you do get the 90s, you don't really get the 20s and 30s. The Packers were graded as 6th overall. In order, the way that they had them ranked, the Rams uh, were number 1, Dallas Cowboys number 2, Patriots number 3, Buccaneers number 4, 49ers number 5, Packers number 6. So it it is kind of interesting, and one of the things I know that I have done with the grades, so, you know, just an example of when I have used it, is kind of looking at the grades compared to the record to kind of show who overperformed and underperformed, right? So, for example, the Packers slightly overperformed, being, you know, 89.8 with a 13-4 and record. If we assume the best of the best is 12-5, and which is what Dallas and the Rams had at their 93.2 and 92.8 overall grades, let's say that gets you roughly a 12-5. and um, The Packers being down here are probably more of a 10-win team, and that that kind of... Kind of is in line with what a lot of other people are saying. They kind of overperform based on how good that they were. But anyways, beyond the overall overall, there are the individual game grades, team grades for a specific game, which I think is kind of what you're asking for. And so, um, yeah, like you mentioned, most of the games are, are 
I don't want to say average, but they're, they're 60s and 70s. So if I were to just rip through them really quickly, and then if anybody wants me to dive in a little bit closer, we can do that. But um, the Saints, they got a 63 overall grade, which you would expect to be lower, but whatever. Real good run blocking and tackling in that game. 63, Lions 78, 49ers 69, Steelers 69, Bengals 68, Bears 72, Washington 76, Cardinals 60, Chiefs 61, Seahawks 73, Vikings 72, Rams 68, Bears 87, uh, Ravens 77, Cleveland Browns 74, Minnesota Vikings 90, and then Detroit Lions 67. So the two best games came um, at the end of the year. Uh, the So two positive notes. They came at the end of the year. They came against division rivals, uh, but also it was the, the defense that really carried it. 84 overall grade against the Bears, 85 overall defensive grade against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So the defense kind of kind of woke up. The other thing that seems much more obvious is the defense was much more volatile, whereas the offense kind of hovered at the same, you know, just looking at the end of the year, 80, 67, 84, 78, 82, 82, 72, right in that 70, 80 range. Defense was 84, 70, 58, 85, 59. You know, the massive swings in that were were problematic. And as you can imagine, if the defense performed like the offense did, insofar as, you know, Instead of going from 60 down to 50, going from 60 or going from 80 down to 50, going from 80 down to like 75 or 78, like the offense was doing, the team overall would just be significantly better. But yeah, we got the individual game grades and all that stuff. I still haven't looked at that preseason game to see what happened. I guess just looking at I'm just looking at kind of the rookies to see if anybody did anything. It doesn't look like the rookies were all that spectacular, at least for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders that I'm looking at. Anyway, sorry, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to come up with my own topics. That's uh, that's against the rules, and I apologize. They seriously have six sacks on the night, though. <laughs> I was looking, seeing Trayvon Walker had a sack. I'm like, dang, man, he only had nine rushes, two pressures, which is you know twenty percent ish, and a sack on the night. But Grant Morgan, Israel Antoine, Deshane Dixon, and Arden Key also had uh, pressures and sacks. Anyway, sorry, we're all done now. You ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.